your hearing is deteriorating rapidly. We'll come back. Till then, Lou, we just keep going, okay? No. Lou, no. let's play tomorrow. Let's see what it's like, okay? I'm gonna be like a click track. You can play to me. You understand me? I can't. I'm deaf. I'm deaf. The hills are alive with the sound of metal. <coughs> oh, I already hurt. Hello. Welcome back to Fantasy Ten. We're back, baby. We've been yeah. away for so damn long. I thought you were welcoming me back. I asked how long it had been. Oh no, we're back. I was really, oh, okay. I was really contemplating whether uh, whether I should do that intro, whether I should not say metal, but rather. Just make loads of noises with metal, but I figured I figured that wouldn't be as funny, and no one would yeah. get it. So. so full spoiler review. Obviously, you think the song's called "Sound of Metal" because of when he's drumming on the 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 metal slide with the kid, right? Yeah, he likes it. No, I don't. I don't actually think that. Well, oh, you jumped I... right into the middle of the film now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think. It, it, I mean, it's, it might be. I've never really, I don't really think about it. I feel like that title is intended to mislead the audience in a good way. Yeah, well, me because... and you both thought this was going to be like a whiplash movie, and I, I've been putting it off. Who I've been putting it off for months because I've literally just been like, I can't be bothered to watch two hours of someone like taking drugs because they can't play metal anymore, but they keep going on stage anyway. <laughs> you know, like I completely agree. Seen that yeah, film. I thought it was going to be a really tedious. I mean, like stage, yeah. backstage, drug fuel. It will be like a bad... Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I imagine it was going to be a really boring version of Control, which is the film about Ian Curtis's life, <laughs> which is a fantastic film. But it's just the film about are you just watching someone go on stage and then come off having epileptic fits. Oh, it's Jesus. horrible. Oh, yeah, yeah it's a horrible <laughs> film. <laughs> yeah. I, feel like, I feel like, yeah, after like literally the first minute, the film has delivered on, yeah, we've heard the sound of metal. Now we can continue. I don't think anyone's going to be going, oh, well, I'm not, I'm, what the, I don't understand what the sound of metal is. Yeah, I, I want There are songs. metal things in the film. I, I thought this was a musical. There are chairs. There, there, there's some metal chairs, you know. Cutlery. Yeah, well, they use cutlery. Also, when he um, gets his ear enhancers and he can hear all of the things in the city. Yeah. The sound it sounds of metal. like, oh, yeah. It sounds like. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, was, oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say it sounds like progressive rock in his ears because it's just all noise. But that's true. I mean, it does. I yeah, well, you, 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 you were like, it sounds like a Radiohead sound. It's, yeah, I know. We're listening to like a computer. This is great. No, I, I thought like Polk Pool. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, no that's very true, actually. Yeah, because it yeah. hurt. Yeah, yeah. And, and I wouldn't want to listen to it that much. Exactly. You Ooh. don't listen to it in the place of the record. Oh, all right, fine, whatever. That's true. No, you, it's, it's good. It's good fun in the place director. So what's anyway, good? That's not, what, sorry. What's good? Yeah. <laughs> Forgot how good we were at this. Um, what's good is that it is actually, weirdly, this film made me think, huh, Whiplash doesn't take itself seriously enough, which is not a something I'd ever thought I'd say, because it kind of doesn't, because really a lot of the issues that are being explored here are actually, they do, they do in, in a sense, mirror Whiplash is about someone's obsession causing them their problems. But in Whiplash, it was just about the pursuit of an obsession. Whereas in this, it's about how his obsession, his obsession is his problem, not his deafness. Like his deafness, oh shit, spoilers, he, he goes deaf. I think people know that. No, we've already, I've already said that this film's going to be complete sport for everyone who's, who's oh. listening to this. So. Yeah, cool. We spoiled loads of other films in these. Anyway, so yeah. Exactly. Um, if you want to hear us spoil other films, go, go to like all our We're like Mark Camo, but without all the alcohol. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and we're able to leave the new forest without shuddering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's without cringing out of our liberal coma. Anyway. Without, um, <laughs> without our vodka. I was never like be able Fox to make News it to the BFI. What? <laughs> <laughs> what are you we're going for being a liberal, even though we're both two card-carrying liberals? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, do you carry a donor card? I do, yeah. So if someone dies, they can they can take all of my uh, my hummus and my halloumi yeah. um, <laughs> and my berets. I actually bought a good home. today because I wanted to. <laughs> well. I, I've got really into it. <laughs> There's like a cool picture of a chicken on the front. It just makes me happy. Please don't do that. People are going to think what? you've joined a cult. Anyway. <laughs> sorry. Um, no. Sorry, Mark. Sorry. I'm not the fashion police. Okay. We're the film police. Um, so what what, what what was I saying before we started talking about berets? Uh, you were talking oh, yeah, about, about how a very right, good so his, film. His, right, so yeah, the, the fact that his... Um, yeah, the... Jesus, I've completely lost it. Yeah, so the fact that drumming and music is the catalyst for the film, but not the subject. Which is no, not, it's not. Like, true, it makes really. a, in fact, I would say it actually makes a point of not because because you would think it might be like chastising metal as a as a genre or talking about how it's more dangerous. But in fact, like they even show um, the main character played by Riz Ahmed listening to uh, was it class? Oh no, it was, it was jazz music, like swing music in his yeah, yeah. Um, in his van after after the after the first gig, which I thought was fantastic because. It very rarely gets talked about that a lot of really big either metal performers and a lot of metal fans are actually genuinely kind of music nerds, more so than I am, for sure. I always find that really strange. It's, no, it's like when massive film nerds get absorbed in horror, isn't it? That's true. Or, or yeah, are absorbed in really sort of rubbish action movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I am. It's, well, exactly, yeah. I love Sorry, rubbish I action a, films. That was a so jab, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> but it's true. You think? I mean, you um, think Stil- Sylvester Stallone is a good actor? That's how much it, this effect takes hold. I just want to say for the listeners, uh, this <laughs> other guy who talks to me hasn't seen Rambo or Rocky, so he wouldn't know. No, that's true. I've av- been very t- good at avoiding eighties <laughs> action films because I know I know what they're about. I've seen what I've seen that what's harkened back to them, like in the Expendables, and I'm like, I, I'm not qualified for this. I'm not. I can't nah, do it. No, you've got to see First Blood. It's unmissable. I will. I will eventually. We'll do retro reviews on this thing eventually. Oh yeah, when, when we don't have to go cinema. When we run out of good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well played. Um, like Chris Struckman, am I right? Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Satire. Nice. The thing is, we just make fun of loads of reviewers we like. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's how you get ahead you know- in the business. Yeah, well, that's why. That's why we I've been drinking. I care a lot. You got to learn to be that, a lioness. It, exactly. You got. You got to. You got to take. Yeah. You know. You know. People. Th- this I've, world. It's not a two-way street. I've got to spend you all know? my business meetings talking about how I'm going to rip people's dicks off, and that's going to make me yeah. successful. That film taught me that. That and well, eclairs. You know, I got to get a lot of that's, eclairs. That's why I. That's why I uh, drink oat milk. Yeah. Because I, I can't <laughs> have any more of that full fat milk. No, no, but you gotta <laughs> no, but you gotta have the milk because that way, if you lose a tooth, you can put it in at a service station. Oh, there you go. Exactly. Exactly. Good point. Um, <laughs> anyway, this film, I, I feel like our review is yeah, it, it's it's gone, it's over. Yeah. That's anyway, it. so good. The, <laughs> not yet. No, no, not yet. Um, so yeah, the fact that his his deafness is merely a symptom of his obsessive and like really extreme attitude. Like the sort of attitude that, that a film like Whiplash would 
but only gives slight consideration, but actually spends more of the film just trying to almost glorify and make you want to attain. In, in admittedly a poisonous way. Like, well, I know Whiplash not, isn't trying to say that the main character is a good person because it's not. It's kind of sort of, it's no, sort, of meant, it's sort of hints at that trade off in life, but it doesn't actually explore it in the way that this film does. I guess so. The reason the end of Whiplash is so good, though, is the question of is he like this because. Um, is he like this because. He worked for it, or was he like this because he was bullied? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or was it necessary for him to be bullied to be this good? I think that's more the question in Whiplash, isn't it? I guess so, but there are numerous points where he, where he the character, whose name I've forgotten, is it Miles? No. Miles is the actor. Miles is the actor. What's the character called? I can never remember. I don't know. Whiplash. It doesn't matter. Who gives a shit? Anyway, he's, yeah. he's, he has numerous points where he could get out of that, where he could you know become a better person. I mean, he's, I think it's... Oh, yeah. Down to like basically parentage letting him down because he lets that he lets J.K. Simmons become the father figure, which is where yeah. everything goes wrong, um, which is true. But I feel like interestingly, also I've just remembered at, at the end of Whiplash when he's when he finally does his massive solo, the the editing, which is some of the best editing in in a film, uh, incidentally, oh, yeah. actually does mirror a lot of where the start of this film goes. Like, this feels like it's, if we're going to be really bullshitty about it, it sort of spiritually takes off from the end of Whiplash in that way we were talking about. You know, where everything goes, all the other sound starts to fade away and the, the the noise of the drums is merely like a sort of a woof in the Oh, back of yeah, the they do that. They do that, don't they? And yeah. they start using the slow motion as well. And... and kind of associates this whole idea of that you being in the zone with, in this case, actually just being deaf, which is way more brutal. Um, yeah, but it well, they, do, sort of, they, they do. I don't know when he starts going deaf. Yeah, they do the whiplash moment. Exactly, but, the, but, but that's what I mean. I feel like there's a. I feel well, like the thing slight... is, whiplash is like you know saying, "Oh, all of this achievement will come at a personal cost." But the difference is, is like, what if that cost happened before you've necessarily achieved what you wanted to? And that's what this film is asking. Yeah, exactly. And he does, and that, that's the, the one of the best strengths of the film is that he has at numerous points has to make genuine sacrifices, not fake ones like yeah. he has to when when he's trying to deal with his deafness he has to give up his he has to give up his girlfriend who's his main point of stability in his life just to get what he thinks he wants and he you yeah. know that's that's i mean they spend a good half an hour getting him to come to that conclusion and it's a really painful process well she forces him to that conclusion in fairness well, she, she, does. Says, she says i'm leaving and you have to go there i mean what? he is given you do think though for a minute while you're watching you think now nah, he's gonna go take drugs isn't he that's yeah. what I thought. I thought he's not going to go. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, you ex- fully expect him to go to go nuts on someone. Yeah, and he does. But anyway, he goes nuts on a donut. I guess that's that's something. Um, <laughs> I, lo- I love that. It's <laughs> a fantastic scene. But I think I absolutely think crushing. Oh fucking hell! Um, yeah, he was running rings. Ring- oh, it doesn't work, does it? I was about to say running rings around it. That's not even. Was it was, he, was it even a ringed donut? I don't know. Um, no. I think it was a depiction of quite a nice relationship with the girlfriend. I know she was she oh, was right. being she was being you know harsh, but it, I think it was... hey I, I, hey I think it's a really wholesome relationship and is portrayed only as that throughout the whole movie. Yeah, and and the fact that they both accept that they both have supported each other a lot is was really nice, and and, and that they because... might move past it. It really reminds me of another film a oh, lot. Okay. It really I don't know what film it is though. Yeah, Marley and me. No, <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the natural choice. No, no, no. So when um, it just really reminds me of 
Is it the is, dick? Is the work- I'm trying to think. Yeah, talking about nice relationships, it could be the dick. No, it might be. You know, like when they split up and they're like, oh, you know, you gave me everything you could and then that's it, let's go. Let's split up. Well, yeah, because that's another relationship There's definitely a... I mean, it's unclear whether they break up or not in this movie at the end. It is ambiguous. I mean, I think they might be, but I don't think... It doesn't matter though, does it? Because the point is they, they, they do it in a healthy way. They reach their arc. Exactly, and they both because they because they've both by the end of it, like the fact that by the next time he sees his girlfriend, she's changed a lot because that was the lesson he had to go through the whole film to learn. And yeah. again, you, there is a slight thing where you think, "Is this going to send him over the edge?" But it actually doesn't yeah. in the end because he actually does realize that because he's had to go through the, a similar sort of change, he realizes that that's a necessary thing to do. Mm. But it's still obvious that that's a difficult for him to do. I'm because you know you could make that aspect of a film quite boring to watch because it sounds like we're just saying oh everyone was fine throughout the whole thing but they weren't no you you, you always you always see even though it tends to overall go good for him you always see in sight the what could go wrong all the time and you're constantly there's always subtle hints that yeah he's going to go on drugs or do you know what i mean the whole time Mm. this and the film's very aware of that they mean they draw attention to it in like late in later scenes don't they and yeah, in the best scene. All right, well, we'll get to that, won't we? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mm, maybe agree. But I think, I mean, the most heartbreaking element of, of this, which is why I think it doesn't come across as, as a you know cheap or just um, not fulfilling, is that when he finally gets the surgery that cost him, you know, what was it, 40, 80 grand to save up for, this is which you yeah. realise was, you think that he's going through this change of personality, but really he actually has never changed his point of view he was only ever trying to get the surgery and when he does get it it's really it's kind of, even though it's amazing from a scientific point of view it's rubbish because he never stopped to think about it i thought that all those bits i found absolutely horrible when he well, realized think, that the, the surgery so, wasn't yeah. that good mm, yeah but it allowed him i think it's a trade-off i think he it wasn't all he hoped for but i think that it is nice when he can actually listen to his girlfriend sing again that's true for me, that was like a no. That's a small win. It's that's not true. The, the guy from the death. Yeah, that's that was the other climax of the film. There were two climaxes. Although Both that he I would... could hear her sing again, even though it was really tortured and terrifying, because it seemed like her dad was gonna like secretly hurt her. Well, this is the thing. I wonder. I wonder whether there was a there was an element of that where even though he could hear her singing, because afterwards he thought she sounded amazing. When to the audience and to her. Yeah, she sounded positively sort of horrified, like she was being haunted at the time. And I wonder she whether she sounded really, really want... good. Don't get me wrong, but no, it's no, such a terrifying yeah, but... song. Like, oh, for my birthday, what should we play? I know, <laughs> I'm going to play Anaconda by Nicki Minaj with my daughter. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm like a, horror, a horror theme from a French fucking thirties film. Yeah, oh, I don't know, it's horrible. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna play Carnival of Souls. I w- Let's go. <laughs> I wonder whether. He was whether the point of that was that he couldn't detect the nuances that meant that she that you know because, that she wasn't actually that happy singing it. I wonder whether he because he couldn't pick up on that because it was. But also to him, he hasn't heard anyone sing for ages. Like, would probably wouldn't matter. True, and it's not sad that he's probably heard her sing before because he's used, no, he's so used to sing. He, yeah, he was like, oh, he's singing French. He Which, was as I've sure. proved, is very difficult. Yeah, yeah. My attempt at singing metal was more like a, a frog trying to speak Hebrew. Yeah, you did. You did prove it that. Sounded rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> and what was yeah? I was gonna say what. And then later, sacrifice-wise, 
he has to, yeah, like you say, in the best scene, give up his childish notion about his disability if he wants to stay in the community that he's spent so long finding. It is amazing. And the thing is, you really see that that community definitely, without a doubt, heals him. Yeah, I mean... yeah, It makes him a genuinely better person. Yeah, and the, the moment... The, the, uh, yeah, the, like I say, one of my favourite moments of the film is when he is yeah sitting on the slide and with the with the kid at the top of it and he starts playing the rhythm and they can both hear it oh, and, he re- and that's so yeah good. because he because he because he assumed that his hearing being gone was in, that was it immediately he never he never like attempted any sort of drumming after that at all well yeah and they can never still consider it he can still feel the beats he can still listen to the piano as well if he puts his hands on it. Like, mm. music isn't gone. I feel like he didn't know that. But then that's what's very, like, that's the main focus, I think, in a lot of those scenes with the deaf children, mm. is that music is still there. You've just got to appreciate it differently. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and you've even got uh, that little kid who's unsure about it, and you see the teacher, like, helping him put his hands on the piano. It's really sweet. Mm. Also, you know how everyone's like, oh, wow, Riz Ahmed, he learned um, drums for this film. And everyone's like, wow, isn't it amazing? No one's saying how it's amazing that you learned sign language for the film. <laughs> like, that's well, much... That, I think that's as impressive. Like, you learned a whole language. In fairness... Oh, well, is drumming not a language? But well, in, in fairness... I, I'm sorry. I'm still actually kind of more impressed about the drumming because... Mm. Yep, yeah, yeah, because he had to learn how to be someone who is still not that good at sign language, technically. True, because he wasn't an expert. Yeah, whereas he had to perform as if he was a metal drummer. Yeah, which is like you know, famous you know, one of the hardest things you can do in music. Which is horrible, um, and it's like I mean, people were impressed when I think I even said at the time, um, what's his name, Christian Christian Bale learned like that that drum solo for the Big Short of all films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and this is you know even more. I mean, it's less weird. Like this is this is less weird than getting Christian Bale to do it, I suppose, but. Yeah, Riz Ahmed was was a was amazing. I think he was really. He's I mean, a great. He's it a must really be great actor. Um, is it better? Is it better than Four Lines? Is I think it? Four, Four Lines is a, is a, <laughs> I, no, Yeah, it is. Like it's that's 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 such a difficult. What? Oh no! I've got one for you. I've got one for you. Okay. Rick in Nightcrawler. Oh shit! He's him, isn't he? He's. He's br- he's brilliant in Nightcrawler. He is brilliant in that. He's slightly overshadowed by Jake Gyllenhaal, but yeah, but he is amazing in Nightcrawler. Yeah, he is. I would. He's, I a, think he's I would... a low key, really, really great um, actor. Like he is great. I'm sure he's not even low key. I mean, he's quite. He's surprisingly well known. I assume mostly because of Four Lines. I feel I haven't actually. I haven't really looked into his filmography that much. But if yeah. this is anything to go on, yeah, he's. Amazing. Hmm. He's got but, um I'm looking at his awards. He was nominated. Oh, yeah, I forgot, we forgot, to, men- nominated. We forgot to mention Rogue One, obviously, his uh, his second best performance. But <laughs> <laughs> um. definitely a rogue one. He um was nominated for best performance uh for Sound of Metal. Oh wasn't he I, I guess about- I guess Sound of Metal look Sound of Metal is his best performance because it's the thing he had to do the most amount of pr- like impressive stuff for. I haven't seen he? Venom, how was he in that? Oh he's in that. Okay, he's the villain, uh, in it, isn't he? Oh right, yeah, he's fine in it. Like he's he in it. <laughs> wow, he's he as was good the villain that you didn't realize. Okay, let's. He, yeah. He's as he's as good in that as he is in Rogue One. Oh god, oh poor guy. 
Yeah. Right, maybe it's so basically, but, but basically, look, we can pinpoint ourselves on three films that he's in that he's really great in. That's <laughs> yeah, more than exactly. you. You're, you're not in that many great films, are you? No, that's very true. I'm only in one. Exactly. Um, but I'm not going to tell you which one. Hmm. Yeah. I can just claim to be Gary Oldman and you believe me. Probably true. Exactly. This is the, just... the longest performance of his life. Um, yeah, I liked how <laughs> they made the editing choice to... Obviously, they would, you know, they, they showed lots of scenes without audio, but they showed almost every scene at both with at both, both yeah, audio yeah, yeah. and then at least at some point to constantly would... remind you of what you would hear and what he's hearing to have the constant comparison of mm. yeah like what he's going for I guess because otherwise I think it's it's in a weird way because because um, his character is um, has the wrong attitude that you have to make sure the audience is also pining for him to have sound again because if it's spent the entire film with him with, with with there being no audio, the audience might get used to it when actually we're not supposed to get used to it because we're supposed to still be in his head, which is to mm. say he doesn't get used to it, really. Not until, spoilers, the, the very end. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was really nice. So what, should we talk about the um, the, be- the best scenes, I guess? We yeah, mentioned- well, I mean, at the end is obviously where he finds peace, which is like his main journey, isn't it? And I feel like if you go from... The, if you were to just watch the first scene of the movie and him playing the metal drums and then juxtapose him at the end, you'd see a massive change in his perspective. Absolutely, yeah, Because exactly. uh, obviously metal is a genre, like, not that I understand it, but it's, like, very much... <laughs> I can possi- claim to slightly understand it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's possibly about, you know, exp- expressing the pain in the world and doing that through being noisy and, you know, because it's quite primal and sh- stuff. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's all about catharsis. And he doesn't yeah. know how to get that without extremely without, yeah, loud without, noises. Yeah, without you know being his drum kit. So I mean, like, yeah, he I mean, that's what that's that what the, end. the editing of Whiplash was trying to say. He got his uh, his peace and quiet from being really loud, which is what Rizamo's yeah. Riz character thinks he wants from it. Whereas yeah. he has to he has to shift that. And it's a <laughs> night. It's a great story for showing any any story that shows that you're capable of changing almost your entire personality and still be who you are. Mm. is a very important kind of message. Again, it's way more nuanced, say, than... Um, than it, I don't know why I'm having a go... I'm not actually having a go at Whiplash here, but I think it's interesting that it's it's going to be compared to it, but I actually am surprised by how how impressed I am by how it uses so many of those same themes to a, to a, to, a, to do a much more difficult job, I would say. Ruben, that's his bloody name. I've been yeah, trying, yeah. Starting, trying for 10 minutes to remember. Um I think so. What the the first like best scene I think was when when he first finds out that he's uh, from the doctors that he's uh, got partial deafness. Yeah. The next scene is him putting the nail in his coffin. That immediately like jump cut to him drumming again. It's absolutely horrible. That's probably because I mean at the time I was really angry at him, but it's probably because he just wanted to be able to do it one more time. Maybe yeah. Sad. Or he just couldn't he just he couldn't imagine doing anything else. Yeah, exactly. Like, or he just or just complete skepticism, ignoring it. And that's I think that scene's amazing because it's arguably one of well, it's yeah, maybe not the but one of the best sort of definitions of how yeah his attitude has has caused his problems, not just you know him being sadly chosen by nature to be someone with the with the disability. 
Yeah, exactly. Or even the fact that he he wants to call it a disability instead of anything else. Yeah, which is amazing. Um, the um, yeah, we mentioned the slide drumming. I'm assuming we got to talk about yeah, the best scene. Well, the best scene is, in my opinion, definitely the scene where um, the uh, the guy who owns the retreat for deaf people, who is called Joe. Hooray. Paid by Paul Ray- Paul Racy, who isn't deaf in real life, but his parents were deaf. And that's how he knows oh. the language. And he's also in a um, a band in real life who are... What called, a fucking hypocrite. They're called Hands of Doom, and they perform in sign language. Not called Ears of Doom. No, they perform in sign language. That's why they're Hands of Doom. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, wow, okay. So he's like a, you know, in the deaf community, he is like a, you know, a big envoy anyway. So yeah, it's cool. But anyway, I think he was, I think he was awesome. I mean, I know we're probably all going to have to say that Razamid was the best in this. But if I didn't have to say that, I'd be going, oh, definitely this guy. Yeah, like, like, I think. I mean, he don't get me wrong. Like again, you could argue Olivia Cook as Lou was awesome. I also think Maytu, uh, however you say it, Elmerick, was a really cool uh, cameo as um, her dad. Obviously, you couldn't say. Oh best, yes, he, of course. It was super cool, Mr. Green. You're Dominic Green, yeah. And uh, that that guy from the Grand Budapest, Grand Budapest Hotel, yeah, yeah, he's great. I love. <laughs> I, I actually really like him as an actor. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, he's really surprised me. So basically, when Joe has to um, tell ask Ruben to leave because he says the saddest bit of the film, the saddest line, which is where he's basically saying, you know, how dare you be like this when there's all those deaf children. Mm. Yeah, it's, like, I mean, it's like, almost like, like oh, and he's been his voice breaks when he says it. Yeah, and his voice breaks when he says it. He's like, you know, yeah, deaf yeah. children. Oh it's, oh, it's horrible. It's probably because that is that scene is kind of the film's mission statement. Yeah, it is. He's saying that you're, you have betrayed the entire purpose of what you were supposed to learn. Yeah. You, by disregarding the idea that you can, you know, be better or at least different in the same way yeah. before means you haven't learned a thing. And that's a, that's a poisonous thing to be in the midst of yeah growing people trying to deal with that obviously by the end of the film he does know i i would be interested to know if you know if you know if it was a true story if he did go back there or whatever he did after it's a good point yeah but do we ever do we ever find out if it was a true story i feel like if it was they would have definitely said so in the credits they would have said so in the credits wouldn't they? it's the sort of thing where they would have they would have hammed it up especially yeah, yeah nowadays yeah they'd um, be like they'd be like at the end Ruben did lose his hearing. But he never lost his soul. Yeah, there you go. It's not, it's not that, a BBC uh, commission. Thing, yeah, yeah, so they, 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 they'd but... say he never lost his soul, and then they'd show a picture of him with the school kids. Yeah, as like as like <laughs> as like as like an old as like an old man. Like... And now he's in Stump. Yeah, exactly. That'd be cool. It wouldn't really. Have you seen Stump? No. Oh, there you go. I really don't Blue, care. We're, we're so cultured. Actually, yeah, yeah. Gonna, yeah. No, forget that. It looks rubbish. All right, I'll say it. Um, <laughs> I just think I'm sure it is really good but I just look at it and I think well I don't want to hear people drum for like we've two all hours. got bin lids you know anyone can do it <laughs> that's probably Get their point that's probably their point is that rhythm is in everything except look I've got a I've got a cheese grater and a spoon we can all do it oh uh, this is weird <laughs> but yeah that mission statement was really powerful it's not weirdly this isn't a very complicated movie at all I mean, I think we've covered it now. <laughs> I can't lie. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I'd say, I wouldn't say complicated so much as nuanced, as I said, which is, uh, again, surprising yeah. to think about metal. But yeah, no, there's... Mm. 
There's not, yeah, there's not much, that much else to say about it. I mean, there isn't really, is there? Apart from all the weird tattoos that are on everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, he had because he had pants on his arm, and then she got the oh, yeah, know, yeah. The, <laughs> the hairy fanny woman on her. <laughs> Clear as day. I'd get it if you, well, I wouldn't get it, but I mean, if not you had many that, people like, wear their heart on their sleeves quite as much as that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was very far, you know. <laughs> yeah. I honestly forgot weird. they were even a character. Oh them, yeah. It'd be like if you put a drugged up Roger Ebert on your on your like face. <laughs> oh Jesus. Cool, alright. So so um well you know if what I think the best scene is. My favourite performance is the guy who plays Joe, but Riz Ahmed was probably the best. Riz Ahmed's definitely and, the best, it's no question. And I rate it a like a seven? Like a seven, yeah. It's a really great film. Cool. He is great. It's not really close to a six, is it? No, cool. it's not. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I disagree. So, well, you give it an eight. I'm giving it a. I'm, I'm, eights are back, baby. They haven't been back. They haven't been here in ages. I think. I don't think you've said, you haven't said you haven't said an eight for ages. No, no, I haven't said an eight since Malcolm and Marie, and that one didn't go down too well with a lot of other people. So I still haven't said an eight this year. No, you haven't. You're being a right prick about it. You're being so I frigid. We're not halfway know. through the year. <laughs> It's going to have to happen at some point. Hey, I think this film's great. Don't get me wrong. And I am being a bit rude. It probably is like a really high seven. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I just You take all the time you need. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. We're longer here waiting for you. I guess so. This is a great movie. This this was like, this is one of our worst reviews. Oh, great. Oh, nice. And we, and we swap roles. I used to be the self-deprecating one. Now I'm the one saying we're okay. I think this room I'm in is just real. We're Mark Camo without the alcohol. We're Roger Ebert without the drugs. We're full fat milk, but semi-skimmed. We're Simon Mayo without the mayonnaise. Yeah, oh, Simon Mayo <laughs> is not even a real critic, is he? Actually, to be fair, he doesn't pretend to be, so I'm not... I'm, no, he unlike doesn't, us. So fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, welcome, welcome to Out of Ten podcast where we rate people, specifically <laughs> critics. Yeah, what do you rate Out of Ten? <laughs> what? Well, I mean, what? No, what do you rate this? What this film? No, the Out of Ten. Oh, what do I rate Out of Ten? Out of Ten. Yeah. Oh, it's ten, isn't it? It's probably the best piece of movie criticism ever since Chris Druckmann. Excellent, brilliant. Well, what do you think at home? Send us. No, don't send us. No, actually. No, I've already got a pre-recorded thing to say. You can send us an email, so I don't need to do it, do I? <laughs> That's what I I'm mean. going to say, don't, you can, I'm every say, time, don't Every time we stop podcasting for like a month, it's like what they say about <laughs> fitness. It's like fitness never really goes away, but it takes a long time to get back. So there's some phrase like that, where it's like pe- people <laughs> who like get out of breath running. I don't know. I've never done fitness in my life. <laughs> no, they say it comes back, um, but you have to like regain it. I feel like that's us now. Like, last time we did a podcast, I don't think we were insanely good. This time... That's horrible. <laughs> Sorry! Maybe, maybe next week one of us won't be in horrendous depression. See you later. Yeah, it is tough. Bye. Right, so feeling paranoid about um, the fact that I'd forgot to tell you a few of my points of view. I thought we should remaster our old... Um, podcast of Sound of Metal that we made in 1993 uh, and talk about it again now. You know what they say about remasters. Uh, and today we are joined by the master of puppets. What? They're not really worth it. Who says that? 
Go on then. What did you miss? Right. So basically, what do you think of the fact that Lou, the uh, Ruben Rizarmid's character, his um, the incredibly talented singer of the band that he is, you know, in a relationship with, who you know, you do see marks on her arm that she has self harmed, and you know, possibly taken heroin. Yeah, you see that in the film. You do see that, which is why you're going to say. Yeah, it's not a problem that her arc happens completely off screen. Do you think it happens completely off screen? Well, I don't know, because you, you do see her start and end, don't you? You just don't see her middle. But technically, you do see her choice, her character's important choice, which is to leave. Yeah? So, I mean... I don't think her arc It's just a really strange arc, because by the end of the film, they treat her like she was the other main character. They didn't <laughs> treat her like, yeah, 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 you're, you're, you're the main character. There's a crucial reason why I disagree. Is because her arc and Ruben's arc are this are the same thing. They are the same arc. It's True, evident. Because... It's evident that his attitude, the thing that Ruben has to work through the whole of the film, is that is the poison. It's not that he's deaf. His attitude is the problem. And her being someone who self harms is something that obviously her father blames Ruben for. And it's obviously being around him and that attitude, that life. That has caused that for her. And when he, when she makes the good decision to make him go, she has made she's made the first step that Ruben then has to take later on for himself in order for him to become better. So I feel like that that is the point at which she makes the decision that that leads to her life becoming better. Mm. And it's, it's evident. I mean, and again, because the film isn't centered around her, you know, it's all it's all about Ruben's journey. And like I say, when he comes back from his point of view. He needs to have had that disconnect from from Lou in order for it to have any impact. So I feel like if they try to have them happen simultaneously, we as the audience wouldn't feel that disconnect. I do. I sort of know what you mean, but the thing is, I feel like you know it is very much his story. It's not you know her problems are not. I can say they're they're additional symptoms. Their, her her self-harming is like his deafness. They're not in themselves the issues that have to be sorted out. They're symptoms of one central issue. I think that's why it never felt like they'd ignored her. Because he's always, it's always you know, he's, she's always in the back of his mind. I mean, the, the entire reason he wants to keep the van that he's taking on this sort of, you know, addict's attitude is because he wants to go back to his life with her. So I think she's still she is a she's a passive presence in the film to some extent. So that is interesting what you said about an addict's attitude because obviously when he asks Joe for the money for a van, he says you sound like an addict. Yeah, but exactly. he's not. But but it's not heroin that Riz is addicted to. In no. that moment, is it? It's, it's love. It's, oh no, shit! Well, no. It, no, 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 it's it's, <laughs> it's that sweet Lulu. Different, no, yeah. No, it's uh, it's actually it's more than that. It's um, it's the idea that his life before he was deaf was better, but Joe's yeah. trying to show him that actually no, it's, it doesn't make his life any better or any worse. No, it's just different. Exactly. So I think, and that's yeah, actually it... the big point of Sound of Metal. And I think by returning for this remaster, I think we've proved that we are still the best podcast on the net. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Outer 10, or at least being in the vicinity of a device which happens to be playing it. If you've struggled through to the end, you've either skipped through the podcast, in which case, shame on you, or you actually enjoyed it somehow. 
If so, we'd love to hear your thoughts on lists we should make or reviews we should do for any film, TV show, album or game you want. Just make sure it's not boring. You can find us on Twitter at outer underscore one zero or send us an email to outer10podcast at gmail.com, all one word. And all complaints may be sent to us via your nearest recycle bin. See you soon.